0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 58, volume 4 of Big Fan. My name is Chad Easton. I'm a big fan of the first time eating back inside of a restaurant again. March Madness right around the corner and 70-degree February afternoons. Mr. Eimer.
0: Ah, uh, that sounds sound lovely. My name's Hank Eimer, and I'm a big fan. of 70 degrees in February. Look at that. We match up. The satisfaction wow. of handing over your tax documents and your accountant not calling you back and saying that you're an idiot and number 3 pitchers and catchers reporting
1: i knew that would be on your list today hank and let's before we talk about pitchers and catchers reporting which is a special day for you taxes i hate doing taxes it is just it, I, I always actually I always forget about it so you're already your taxes are complete you've already given to your accountant and you're done damn you're ahead
0: of the curve sir my accountant has already finished them they've already finished them so i've already gone up signed them Sent them off. Did you know? Did what I had to do. I'm done. Good for you. I hadn't even started, but I'll get so that done next week. Early bird gets the worm, I'm, Chad. Bingo,
1: bingo. And speaking of early birds, let's do talk a little bit about baseball. So, are they going to have a full season? What's the deal, Hank? And that's your favorite sport. Uh, I think you guys
0: are. Are you playing? Is Harris playing baseball now? Yeah, we just actually started our uh, our practice. We're doing once a week. It's early, so we're just trying to get a ball in everybody's hand and swinging the bat again. So it's really early for us, but we're just uh, we're going to start in March. I mean, so we'll start before um, the major league season. But um, it's pretty awesome that pitchers and catchers are reporting because they're going to try to have a full season. You know, they're not going to have the stadiums open. You know, I, I know that every state and um, the organizations themselves are taking a stand on what they want to do. And I, I heard today Governor Cooper actually increased, uh, the amount of attendees that are going to be at outdoor, st- uh, sporting events from a hundred to, I don't know what he's going to, but he increased it, which is pretty awesome. So, uh, pitchers and catchers reporting is kind of a big deal because it, for a baseball fan, this is the start, you know, this is where you start to get video of Garrett Cole, you know, warming up in, uh, Uh, in uh, New York's uh, spring training camp. This is where you see those guys that have uh, changed your uh, Bauer now in a a Dodgers uniform throwing and, uh, you know, it kind of gets your juices flowing ready for for baseball to start. So I'm excited. So maybe a really dumb question, but why do pitchers and catchers
1: report earlier than the rest of the team? What is the deal behind that? Do they think that they're just the most important people on the whole team? Or what's going on here, Hank?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's probably numero, you know, catchers are number one on the list and then everybody else underneath <laughs> them. But <laughs> really, it really comes down to arm care. You know I mean? To get a pitcher ready for the season, you know, they probably haven't done very much off season, you know, as far as they want to keep their arm fresh. You know, uh, pitch limits and everything else are such a big part of, Uh, baseball nowadays that the individual wants to make sure that their arm is healthy and they take time off of it, but they also want to give them enough time to get it back in order. And so, you know, these guys that are reporting are probably uh, spending the first day on the mound throwing, you know, 15 pitches, you know, not, not a hundred percent. And they'll move, you know, they're going to move all the way up to 75, 80 pitches uh, by the time they, they hit the season. So it's all about getting them back in uh, to pitching shape because you know hitters outfielders they're conditioning all year they're hitting all year uh, back at their home so they're going to come in you know right. ready to play whereas these other guys kind of got to build themselves back up and then the workhorse of the whole thing is catchers of course and then
1: the last question baseball related so hickory crawdads can you i can't wait till we can go back to the stadium Grab a beer, grab a hot dog, take our kids out there on a beautiful spring evening. You know what I'm saying? I am looking forward to that so much. Have you heard of a tentative schedule for them to get going uh, here in Hickory?
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually, um, every year for opening day, I, we do a, a box and I, my, my firm goes there. And so we actually uh, were contacted the other day about it, and it's going to be on May 11th, I believe. Yeah, it's May eleventh is opening night at the Crawl Stadium. So we're gonna be able to go out and watch a little bit of baseball, have a cold beer, maybe some chicken wings. I don't know. It's gonna be fun though. Yeah.
1: I loved how you dropped in. Like, you know, you get the VIP box for the crawl dads, just trying to tell everybody how how really rich you are. I'll see how you roll, bud. I'll see how you do it. The VIP box has a Chet. crawled ass. We have hit it now, boy. We have made it big time.
0: <laughs> Chad, I will tell you. We've made it. It is amazing to watch your little memory, your little mind work, because for people that don't know, we we do this. And usually the two of us have to FaceTime each other because the, the software that we use, especially when we're out of the studio, you can't see each other's face. Well... Chad and I have been FaceTiming each other. Well, now this software that we use has just put in a video element, so now we can see everybody on the call. And our producer, he was on there, very clear. You could see every follicle on his head, which is few. I am in a lit (laughs) office space. (laughs) And I'm in a lit office space. And then Chad decides to put the sun right behind him. So he is just a mere shadow. It could be one of your daughters sitting right there. I wouldn't know it.
1: Oh, well, yes. <laughs> you never answered the VIP question. I mean, I mean, how proud are you of that VIP box? You love that box, don't you, man?
0: Can I come in? So proud of it. It is so, our, Lord, no, there's a limit and it's a height limit. It's not a person limit.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh that hurts that hurts uh well let's get back to it hey today we're coming to you on a february 24th you know all kinds of i mean actually positive things are happening i hear that the number the covid numbers are down dramatically almost 77 percent since the beginning of the year um unfortunately we did hit a five hundred thousand death uh level i guess it was earlier this week which is Pretty sad, but every, and besides that, everything is moving in the right direction. My mom and dad got their second vaccin, vaccinations on Tuesday. They feel 100%, so everything is going, going pretty well. As of yesterday, though, Hank, some pretty scary news happened. And, you know, we wanted to talk about this gentleman today. And, wow, I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect because Tiger Woods is who we were going to talk about regarding the Masters and everything. Well, we find out yesterday he was in a horrendous car accident. And... Um, Literally, I mean, an inch to here or there, and he could have lost his life. Um, he's out of surgery now. I've read he's got broken legs, broken ankles, some other things to his lower extremities. But um, do you know much about you know this, this Tiger Woods, this accident, and you know his potential of uh, trying to win the Masters again in a couple weeks? Looks like it's out of the question. But let's talk a little bit
0: about Tiger Woods here, Hank. Yeah, well, they said that the break – he had like multiple breaks. I don't know the word that they use, but it, it was not only multiple breaks, more than two breaks on the lower half of his leg, but it was it was a compound, so it was coming out of the skin. So they said that when he was approached by uh the police officer, he was very calm, um, he was very cooperative. He didn't seem like he was, you know, on any drugs or alcohol or had any issues. It was seven thirty in the morning. Well, that we know that does, that doesn't really matter, but it seemed like he was, um, he was just, just had a car wreck. Now the real question is, is, did he fall asleep? Was he texting? They said he was probably going too fast, but you know, the day before mm-hmm. um, he was on the golf course and he was with Dwayne Wade and uh, David Spade, and he gave these celebrity lessons. Um, so, you know, I, I, it doesn't seem like there's this foul play out there, but you know, He's had been in such a roller coaster ride over the last couple of years, from you know the fall from grace, you know when he was at the top of his game to where he is now. And I, I the one question I have for you is, you know, when he fell from the the world's top um, and started mm-hmm. kind of digging himself out of that hole, do you think that he was starting to get in a position where people were really? starting to emotionally can I connect with him again? And why Why do you think that that was? Because I did, I feel like America was. I feel like he was getting his second chance, and I feel like there were a couple of different reasons why he was, but I'd like to hear what you had to say.
1: Sure. Well, prior to that, I think Tiger Woods was very polarizing and the fact that I think you either really loved him, like you rooted for him, and Uh, He was your favorite golfer, and any time he was on, you were going to watch or you really despised him, but you were still going to watch him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you either really loved him or really hated him, but it didn't prevent you from watching him. You wanted to watch him to either succeed or fail. So when he had his fall from grace, uh, man, that's been, I don't even know, maybe over a decade ago. And I think people started getting back on the Tiger Woods bandwagon because they realized he was a human. You know, he was flawed just like the rest of us. Before, you know, this this incident happened where his wife beat the hell out of him in his car because, he, you know, he had uh, had merit, uh, uh, 23 affairs or whatever. You know, people uh, thought he was like uh, untouchable. He never – he wanted everything he did. He had the most beautiful wife. He lived in the biggest houses. He had the best friends. He had the most money. And, you know, some people just did not like that. But when he did fall from grace – and try to climb his way back up. The reason I think he had a lot more people on his side is because they realized he was human. And he had kids now, too. He was a father. You know, he was no longer just a golfer. Now he was a dad and a, a, a normal human being. So, yes, I I feel like the majority of people are now rooting for Tiger instead of hating him. How about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, the he's not – the young kid anymore. So this recovery is going to be tough. You know he's kind of an animal when it comes to working out. So you know he'll re- he'll do all the uh, physical therapy and everything to get back, but it won't be easy, especially if it's a the kind of break that they say it is. I mean, it's, this is probably going to be tough to rehab and be you know be back anytime soon. But I think he's going to you know he's going to come back stronger than ever. But I think you're exactly right. I think the one thing that helped him in the past year, year and a half, well, when they saw him win the masters and hug his little boy. I feel like that was a, a moment for him to kind of connect with every dad and every, you know, mom too about her feeling, his feelings for Mm -hmm. his kids. And, um, you know, I I also feel like seeing him on the range uh, a couple of days ago before his, or not a couple of days ago, a couple of months ago with his son, when his son was playing in that golf tournament and seeing him carry his bag Mm -hmm. during that golf tournament, it just made him into a normal man rather than this figure that you didn't know very much about. So I think him being a father was probably the biggest thing that came out of the, you know, that helped him the most, because I I feel like people are like, you know what, every dad can make a mistake and he's a normal dad. And we, you know, we should, you know, we should realize how hard it would be to be Tiger Woods. Now, I'm not saying what he did, anything that he did was right. But I feel like people grew closer to him in those events.
1: And let's not forget, you know, we're talking about his comeback. If he can come back from this recent uh, accident, he was on his fourth back surgery, dude. Four back surgeries. Now he's going to have to rehab his legs again. Here is what I bet, Hank. And, you know, out out of all people they say, like Justin Thomas was like, if it's going to happen to anybody and they're going to be able to come back, it would be Tiger Woods. He is the one person in this world that can come back from something like this because he's proven that he's done it before. I don't think he comes back, Hank.
0: You don't think he comes back? You think he doesn't answer luck?
1: I don't think he's going to come back to play professional golf again. I think it is. I think it's over. And, again, I'm just speculating. This is just how I feel. You know, I think Las Vegas even has set a number, which is crazy. They're set odds on if Tiger Woods will ever play in a golf tournament again, and it's even money. It's 50-50. So I could see you know, him not coming back to play on the PGA Tour. Maybe when he turns 50, he'll play on the Senior Tour. Can you imagine what it would do for those senior golf events? Tiger Woods on the Tour? Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm predicting today. February 24th, we may have seen the last of Tiger Woods as a professional golfer on the PGA Tour. And man, would that be sad? That would be very sad.
0: Did Did we just hear you stamp a date down like you were Nostradamus that, that today was the date that Chad East proclaimed yes. that Tiger would never be back. And and knowing, knowing that everybody in talk radio is talking about it right now. I love how you try to take credit for that, Chad East. <laughs>
1: The only opinion that matters is the opinion on big fan, Hank. That's the only one that matters. And you know, <laughs> let's talk about prophecies. This time last year, it was about February 24th when I saw the people wearing the masks on the escalator in the mall that I've told the story Gosh, 38 times. It's your favorite. <laughs> it is your favorite story. I said, Hank, here they're wearing masks. Hank, what's going on in this world? I predict something is pretty serious. Pretty serious. <laughs> so one year ago to this date, my prophecy of masks people will be wearing, and now I'm prophesizing that Tiger Woods will no longer play professional golf again. Mark it down.
0: Boom, boom. I, I, I'm so glad that I was here for this, which was the 14th time that you brought this topic up, because this is going to be on your tombstone one day. I guarantee it. I'm going to have to, when, when somebody gives your eulogy, I'm going to have to go over to them and say, make sure that you say that Chad East was the one that, that said everybody would be wearing masks for a year. Thank you. That, w- I don't so know if that all you.
1: fit on my tombstone, but anyway, yes, p- please etch it on there. That would be great. Hank. So I wanted to talk to, before we get into our next couple of segments, I wanted to talk about some comments we had regarding our last podcast. We have a, Couple huge hits with the Taste Buddies segment. A lot of people, fans of Taste Buddies. And then, secondly, they were a couple people that were really interested in our near death um, conversation, you know, our near death experience conversation, the one I shared that I watched on television, and the mm-hmm. one you shared that you watched right in front of you to your lovely wife. And one of the people that listened to our show actually, we, we had a discussion about it that they've had a near death experience. And I wanted to share it with you because it was so similar to kind of how you describe Reagan's. And so it was a friend of mine, Andy Roney, Great. who you know very well, and I'm sure Andy won't mind me sharing this story. So when he was in college, he was he was he went to school at App, and they were driving. It was like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning on this real wet back road that all the App State people would know. It's some shortcut to get to town. I don't know. But where you don't have to be on 321, you kind of go a back way. Well, it's very windy and it's gravel road in some sections and they're driving on it and driving on it. And um, it's like I mentioned, it's very curvy. Well, he's driving and he sees in front of him like a a, a ghostly spirit or an angel. It was a female. Kind of how you said Reagan said when she came to, where is she? Kind of where is she? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Describe what Reagan saw again, if you don't mind.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Yeah, she said she was, the girl was on the other side of the room in a doorway. She was long white dress, long dark hair, very, very um, non threatening, waving, yep. uh, very comforting, um, you know, all those things.
1: Yes. Well, that's kind of exactly how Andy described this person, this spirit, or whatever it was, this angel in front of him. Like, and she was waving kind of like as he's driving up the road. And so she, in front of them, and so he kind of veers the car off and then, and he comes to a, a stop and his rear tire is hanging. Once he veers quickly, it is hanging off the side of a mountain. There was this huge drop, like 200 feet, that it, he's just going right along. And he sees the spirit or the angel and turns to avoid her, and avoids fly, flying off a cliff. And so um, anyway, the, the way that you described who you saw was exactly how he described his spirit or angel or whomever. So I just thought that was interesting. A lot of people did like our uh, near death experience story. So um, if anybody else has any, please keep them coming. We'll be happy to share it with our audience.
0: One one thing I'm not sure. I I think that was a a movie called I Know What You Did Last Summer that Andy is referencing. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I don't want to take anything away from his experience, but I'm pretty sure that was Jennifer Love Hewitt going, don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me.
1: (laughs) You know, you might be onto something because he had said he had another second a near-death experience story that he was in a hotel and this guy came through with an axe through a door trying to get at him. So I think he was just, you know, (laughs) thinking about The Shining. (laughs) Oh, So anyway, Andy Roney, two near-death experiences. One, I know what you did last summer. And two, The Shining. (laughs) Keep them them coming, Andy. Keep them coming. (laughs) Um, the, The other big success story of last week's podcast was our new segment called Taste Buddies. You know, as our uh, well-renowned eater over here, Hank Eimer, I mean, he is world-renowned with his appetite. You know, so we've got (laughs) two two I want to come at you real quick for our Taste Buddies segments. So the intro for Taste Buddies goes like this. Taste Buddies, Taste Buddies. We're buddies, and we like to taste things. Okay, Hank, here we go. Taste Buddies. So this is probably not your favorite thing, but we've all been to the party where there's nothing left on the uh, table except for a veggie tray. Like everything's been picked through, but there's that one veggie tray that's still left untouched. The the container top is not even taken off yet. Let's say you're at the party, Hank, you're starving. You've only eaten eight times today. You got to get that ninth meal in. And so, You pull the pop top off the veggie tray and inside the veggie tray, you know, there are four main or five main veggies. It's normally broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, celery, and those little red tomatoes, right? The little red tomatoes. Hank, you're starving. Give me starting from fifth worst to number one. Where do you go? Give me worst to
0: best. Worst number one is tomato, okay? Those little tomatoes are clothes-staining bombs in that situation. You know, you take a bite of it. Next thing you know, it shoots across six feet, hits some girl's white dress. Next thing you know, you're in a fist fight with her boyfriend. By far, number five coming in is that, okay? Okay. Number four, I'll go and number, well, okay. So number three, no, number four would be celery. Okay. Celery, although I do like that it's 99% 99% water. So it's hydrating because the Lord knows we're probably drinking at this event. I would like to keep the hydration at a yes. maximum, but really as far as filling, the celery isn't there. It's It's got to stay number four. Okay. Okay. The yes. Yes. carrots would be next. Okay, carrots would be next. Good for vision, bad for uh, getting stuck in your teeth. Okay, so I don't know if I'd really pick carrots anywhere but number three. They're they're kind of a dull food, and if you if you've seen these trays before, they try to pack the carrots in because I feel like they're the cheapest. They're like throw more carrots <laughs> yeah. in.
1: Okay, absolutely. The ratio of carrots to every other vegetable,
0: carrots dominate. Right. So you said the next two are broccoli and cauliflower, right? Yes. Okay, so number number yes. two would be cauliflower okay and it's only number two to broccoli at number one. Both of them are great transporters of ranch. Everybody knows that the transport ratio for broccoli and cauliflower for ranch is very high, very high. You can get a good scoop on that one, right um, So I would go broccoli as our, my number one. yes I know see now the hard thing for me to do is currently ask you what your top five would be because I don't believe you get through all five. You would have a hard time stomaching maybe two of those things, maybe just one piece of those two. Correct. What I would probably do, Hank, is just
1: take the provided ranch dressing that they give you, and I would just maybe like, you know, stick my finger in it a little bit and just take little dabs to my tongue. Instead of eating the veggies, just take ranch dressing dabs to the tongue. Sound okay. good? Yes, <laughs> Sounds good. great. Very good. All right, here we go. Taste buddies. Taste Buddies number two, Hank. Taste Buddies number two. Um, Let's say the scenario is you're at a tailgate, all right? And soon, believe it or not, by next football season, we shall be tailgated again. Uh, If you want to put that down, February 24th, Chad, prophecy. Prophecy number two. Tailgating will commence this fall, okay? Thank you, Hank. So you're at the tailgate. Cats are... Flipping, you know, everybody's got their beer and hanging out, throwing cornhole. The guy's got the grill in front of you, right? And so he was like, Hank, whatever you want, buddy, but you can only have one at this tailgate. We got to save it for everybody else because we know if we left it up to you, you'd eat everything in the gosh dang place. So only one item, Hank, one item. Here you go. He says, hot dog, hamburger. We got some fried chicken from KFC over here in the box, or I can throw some wings on the grill for you, Hank. Or your last option it would be no food. Let's stick with beer only. Hank, talk to me. Rank them. Where do you go here on
0: the tailgate, Taste Buddies? So you're telling me that if I don't go with a piece of food, I'm not. If I if I take a piece of food, I'm not going to be able to drink beer. So it's either beer or food. This is going to be really easy if that's the case.
1: No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you could have an option where you say, you know what, I'm not in an eating kind of mood. I'm sticking strictly with the beer, but you're not penalized by not yeah. choosing food. You know, you can okay. choose the food and have the beer too. Okay. okay. Okay, okay.
0: That that sounds better because it was going to get real easy real quick. Okay. So the option to not have any food, as you know, is not an option for me. We're going to go ahead and take I would hate to turn down this guy's generosity and not take him up on what delicious delicacy he's going to provide for me. Okay. Now I would tell you if I can only get one, we got to go surface area, right? You got to go surface area. So I think I would go cheeseburger. That would be my number one. I'm going backwards. Okay. We're going backwards. We're going cheeseburger number one. Okay. Cheeseburger number one. Then we'd probably, we'd probably go hot dogs. Number two. OK, just because of it's easy to stand up and do it. Chicken wings would have to be at the end because you are falling apart at that point. You're trying to dip it in the ranch that you've stuck your little finger in 50 times. And I can't you know, I can't get onto that covid ranch. Right. So that would probably be last. Um, I don't remember the other time. I knew KFC was in there. No, KFC is probably four. And I, the fifth one, I don't even remember. Or the the middle one. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would go with extra beer. I would double my beer before I do KFC or uh, Finger uh, finger Ranch dip. <laughs>
1: finger Ranch dip's always been a favorite of mine. Hank, let me ask you this. And, you know, as from one, I mean, you're the foodie of our show. Does, if you had a choice between a hamburger and cheeseburger, there really is no choice. It's always a cheeseburger. Who wants a hamburger without cheese? You want cheese. A cheeseburger. This why even make a hamburger? Just put on the menu cheeseburger. That's what you want. That's what the public needs. They don't want
0: a plain hamburger, right, Hank? Hey. Right. No. No. Nobody wants a plain hamburger. I mean, that's like that's like psychopath talk. If you go into a McDonald's and you have a guy look the waitress straight in her face, and he goes, "I would like." a hamburger, and she would just say, would you like to add cheese to that? And he says, no, run out of that restaurant because he is getting ready to shoot up the place because nobody, yeah, you could probably see it from a mile away. If, if he comes, if she hands him his burger and it's in the brown wrapper, not in the yellow wrapper, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the special hamburger wrapper that they have 400 million of because they yeah. never use them. If he's getting handed that, then you run. Now, the one thing I will tell everybody is I've, I've figured out that I am – the reason that I'm getting personally attacked on this is because I eat a normal caloric balanced meal. I just figured this out. You and an ant share the same amount of nutritional value. So would any normal human look like somebody that is taking advantage or gluttonous? I imagine so. So I hope you get over this uh, – This. Uh, attempt that you're trying to throw at people
1: well that wraps up taste buddies good job hank. Wait a go. another taste buddies in the books for mr hank eimer our food aficionado okay hank um i'm gonna have to cut our uh, podcast a little bit short today unfortunately i've got to take care of some business but i just want to tell you february 24th marks a very lucky day for us hank I was. I grabbed a jacket this morning. It's a jacket that I haven't put on a lot recently because it was a little bit. It wasn't as cold as it has been in the past. And I reached into the pocket and I pulled out an old keno ticket. You know what keno is, Hank? Sure do. So keno. I, I can't remember exactly where I was when I purchased the keno ticket, but I, I that was some little restaurant or bar or something. And I remember putting the numbers in and I turned it in and they spit out my ticket. And then I didn't even really stick around to watch the rest of the numbers pop up. I just put it in my pocket. Well, anyway, I grabbed the ticket. I grabbed my pocket. I find the ticket today. And I was like, man, this was from about eight, uh, 18 days ago. I'm going to go to the convenience store and just see if I happen to be a winner. Hank. So I go into the convenience store. I throw the Kino ticket down. I was like, I know I didn't win, but at least I, it was in my pocket. I felt like I at least need to have it scanned. She scans it. Hank, Ding 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 winner winner chicken dinner forty eight bone kino ticket just in my pocket in my pocket randomly from an eighteen day ago a Yes, I was pretty proud of that. So what do you Yeah, what do you think I should go buy a
0: lottery ticket tonight? No, listen. Listen, over the last few minutes, uh, 10 minutes ago, you are bashing me on the amount of money that I, I like to spill out on the show over my VIP crawdad thing. You're telling me that you're walking around with $48 in your pocket that you don't know about? You, Daddy Warbucks <laughs> over there, doesn't even care about winning tickets. Just selects uh, just to walk around holding this over our head? <laughs> God, Chad, let's go. I'd like to be a Chad day. Uh,
1: Keynote, keynote, <laughs> tickets just hanging out in every pocket I've got, every jacket, every coat, every sweatpant, just extra keynote. <laughs> just, just swiping keno tickets in the air like it's a strip club, partner. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Anyway,
1: I just thought I had to share with you the lucky keynote ticket. But, Hank, hey, before we get out of here, I know you had some other stuff on the list that we can breeze through real quick. Go ahead and talk to him.
0: Well, you know, one of my favorite things to do on with you is because you are our – I'm our food expert. You are our movie expert. It seems like, you know, I, I know that you've been deprived with your two, uh, your Tuesday movie adventure. And one of the things that I found out the other day is that one of my favorite movies – is coming out in a sequel, and I think you know which one I'm talking about.
1: Hank, it has to be everyone's favorite Eddie Murphy movie, Coming to America.
0: Yes, it is. It is, and I am so excited about it because it has been such a long break between the two. And I think most of uh, the people in our generation, you know, surrounded by our generation, loved that movie. I mean, it had it had everything to it. It had humor, it had love, it was drama. It was great. And, um, you know, to have, I think, Eddie Murphy's daughters in it, which is going to be kind of cool to watch her. But um, you were talking earlier before we got on that you just found out the premise of, uh, of this movie. Why don't you share it with us?
1: Yeah. So, you know, again, I just read this, so I'm not, don't, treated as gospel. But so before Eddie Murphy came to Queens to meet his wife in the first coming to America, he had a little layover in another part of New York where he met a girl and they had a baby. The baby was a son. Eddie Murphy had no idea he had a son. So he's living this new life with his new uh, wife of uh, th- th- that owns McDowell restaurants or what was it called? McDowell's. I think that was their McDonald's <laughs> reference. But anyway, the son it finds him and says, "That you are my dad. You are my dad." So the new adventure of coming to America too is he finding out that he's got a son, and then you know, and be, being a father. That's what it's about. So anyway, it's probably very funny. He's going to have you know, it's got some great actors in it. I saw Arsenio's back in it, and some other some other uh, comedians. So I'm looking forward to it. Does it have a date that they're coming out with this? Hank, have you heard a date they're releasing it?
0: I don't know what the date is and I can maybe pull that up for you, but I have not heard yet on uh, when it will be released, but I can tell you it's one of the, it's one of the ones that I will want to go to right when it comes out because it was one of my favorite movies for sure.
1: Yeah. And actually another good positive news to share. So they're thinking of, opening the theaters back within i think it's by march so you know we will be able if you know if you're ready still have to wear masks and social distance in the theater but you can go into i think the amc i think it'll be in march so anyway the carolina theater is actually already open so anyway if you're needing your movie fix pop by the carolina that place is phenomenal three dollar movie cheap popcorn cheap drink and in a, uh, maybe in about a month or so we'll have the amc theaters back in hickory For you go to
0: go check out your movies,
1: Um, Hank. What else we got, buddy? Or shall we call it a show?
0: Well, I think um, the only thing that I wanted to ask you is March seventeenth. We're coming up on one of our good friend Paul Breeding's favorite holidays, St. Patty's Day. Okay, and he introduced me to a drink on St. Patty's Day when we were in college, called the Car Bomb. Okay, it has been a staple for me. In St. Patrick's Day, if it comes on a Monday or, you know, regardless of where we are, what date it is, whatever, Car Bomb comes into my future on that date. okay? I know Paul's in Raleigh. Charlie and I sometimes tackle this. So my my reason that I bring this up is, you know, it is the national uh, holiday that's celebrated in Ireland, which is, you know, uh, a, a, a wonderful place in its own. But what here do you do for your St. Patty's tradition? What are you going to do on the 17th? That's the only question I ask.
1: Sure. For the past several years, St. Patrick's Day has always fallen on the uh, the Thursday, roughly, or whatever, that we are at the March Madness Beach trip with all my friends from high school. And so, I mean, it seems like every time we're down there, that's when St. Patrick's Day is right around the same time. So typically, we always go to this little, it's a place in uh, Cherry Grove, and I can't remember the name of the, It's called it's called Hodos now, but it was called Murphy's. Anyway, it's a little Irish uh, bar, and so yes, we would drink a beer there. Maybe a I think the car bomb strategy that you have sounds fantastic. Remind me of what is in a car bomb, Hank? Remind me. And will you have more than one too? Is it one car bomb and you call it a day, or is it multiple car bombs? Go ahead.
0: We'll have we'll do. Usually we do multiple car bombs, but you take half of a Guinness and you put it in a pint glass. Okay, half a Guinness. It's halfway up. Then you take a shot glass and you put half of uh, Irish whiskey, Bushmills is fine. That's what we usually use. And then the other half of the shot glass is mm-hmm. Bailey's. Okay. Then you drop the shot glass in there and you have to drink it before it curdles because the Guinness and the Bailey's will counteract each other and it'll curdle. So you have to drink it immediately. It's delicious. And uh, you've got to do more than one. Heck, you probably got to do six. <laughs> Well, if that's the case, my
1: friend, I shall be at your house this Mar- this St. Patrick's Day to enjoy a car bomb because our beach March Madness trip is next. Yeah, no beach trip. So I will be coming to your house for a delicious car bomb. I remember these things now because as soon as you drop it in, you got to just take it to the face immediately, right? You got to drink it really fast and it tastes spectacular. Sure. Yep. It's yep. a wonderful taste. So, yes, I will, I will look forward to being at your house for St. Patrick's Day. Buddy, and um, if that's all we got today, I hate that we got to cut a little short, but you know, business got to make them uh, make them that money to get that VIP status at the Crawl Dads is what I'm talking about. Got to make them binges.
0: Got to. (laughs) Got to make them rain. (laughs)
1: Oh, if you could see what Hank's doing on video right now. Making it rain over here. Making it rain. All right, guys. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to The Big Fan this week. Hank, so good seeing you. Look forward to seeing you very soon and talking to our audience in about two weeks. Until then, please be safe, stay healthy, peace.
0: You've been listening to The Mesh